Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Mo Dig Haul Lift. The versatile Kubota BX Series subcompact tractor does it all. Switching attachments is simple, and a smooth hydrostatic transmission makes for easy operation. The Kubota BX Series, rated number one in durability and owner experience. Talk to your local Kubota dealer today to schedule a demo. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. CEC Turf and Tractor. On the web at CECTurfandTractor.com. There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seeing a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh, yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just, like, kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Welcome back to Crippus the Corn Podcast. I'm the great and powerful <laughs> mystery. I'm Clone 77 uh, So this is... You made a goof. I made a goof. This is season five, and that's the season four intro. You done goofed. Yeah, well, I am a little bit of an alcoholic. Well, <laughs> glad everyone knows that now, for sure. If you didn't know before, now you know. Season five, you having fun? Oh, it's been a ball. <laughs> but we're not alone. We Who are, are not. we with? We are joined today by two special guests on this episode of uh, Cryptids of the Corn on the Macabre Corn podcast. Or the- idiots. <laughs> we're joined by the hosts of the Macabre podcast, uh, Hallie and Blair. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. <laughs> I just learned before we started that it's not Haley's comment, it's Hallie's comment. That song by uh oh who's debatable. Who's sing that sang that song? I don't know, but I'm I not blaming it. They lied. Yeah. <laughs> I think no, it so depends on where you're from, how you say it. Um, Northwest Ohio, we say everything wrong. Oh, no, I think we say everything right. Depends on who you talk to. 
talk to me. I can't believe I used the wrong intro. <laughs> well, we don't have the new one yet, do we? I do. Oh. It's in the email. Way to go. Maybe I'll splice it in. Nah, it's too much work. It is. Okay. But no, you guys, uh, we're doing a big cross show for both our, our platforms. So thank you for coming on. It's been a long time in the making. Yes. yes. It's an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having us. Oh, well, thank you for letting us be on your show, too. It's always of weird course. when we do it this way. Because, like, who's running the program? <laughs> we're letting you run the program. All right. You know, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but... Hallie was going to come up and actually record this in studio with us until Ohio finally got winter. Womp womp. Literally today. I mean, uh, last night into the day, it was very interesting because we haven't had really winter at all yet. No, maybe like two days, I maybe. I snow, but it was like 35 degrees. Yeah, it didn't count. It's like, okay, come on. But now it's it's here. Yeah, yeah, finally get ready to ice fish. Uh, but... We've known Hallie for a while, and I've known of Blair. I've heard Blair's voice a lot, so it's finally <laughs> fun to sit and talk with everybody. Uh, but I know we're going to get into some really interesting encounters. I think I know bits and pieces of it, uh, but how did you guys meet? How did you guys get going? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to lead this one? I think you should because it's kind of funny and it's wild. It, it is wild. So funny story. Our listeners still don't know how we actually met. Don't so this surprised. is the first time they're actually going to hear our origin story. <laughs> there we go. Which is appropriate because basically the way this all started was uh, just about a year ago, I think, is when um, you and I first met, Justin. Yeah. And I was kind of doing a uh, like a side podcast on my own and then through our graphic designer who works on both of our shows pair the wonderful pair <laughs> the Shout drunk swede <laughs> he just cheerfully like connected you know you guys uh nick from america scaryland and said hey these guys are awesome they're really great dudes i think you should like talk to them about their show and just kind of like yeah so that's where it started initially and then through nick and my show, which I was doing more of like interview styles, collecting weird stories, he said, hey, I have this friend. She has these crazy encounters that happened on her family's property. I think she'd be great for the show. I think you guys would really get along. So fast forward, we did the interview. And then by the end of the interview, I was like, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? <laughs> the answer was no. <laughs> because Nick kept asking too, because he's like, I, I need you on the show. I'm like, that that's fair. Because how that happened was we were all hanging out at a friend's giving and we started talking about some scary stuff. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I should really be talking about this yet. And because I, I didn't really talk about what happened until just a handful of years ago, to be honest, because I'm like, people are going to think I'm crazy. Uh, so we started talking about that stuff, and he's like, I need to have you on the show. And I'm like, well, okay. We'll see how it goes. And then that's how it all started. And we were sitting there one for another Friendsgiving, and he said, I think I need to get you in touch with this lady. And I'm like, <laughs> this oh, lady. No. This, this lady. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. 
oh no, I'm not, I'm, I'm a shy person until you get to know me. And he's like, no, I, I really think you guys are going to hit it off. It's like star-crossed podcasters when you eat. So, <laughs> when you eat so yeah, no. And then we actually just met in person for the first time in November. Oh, wow. So oh, we yeah. started recording in in January of this, of 2023. Yes. And met finally in November. And I think I drunk called Nick that night. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I can't even, I, I don't even, was that like, was it, you said Thanksgiving? Friendsgiving, yeah. That's where we met. Because I think we were going out to <laughs> mom and dad's house and I'm like, I'm going to call Nick. <laughs> on a whim? Yeah, just on a whim. <laughs> well, he had texted me that day and I just, I'm, I'm, had gotten into the sauce early. Mm. And he's Imagine like, that. He's like, yeah, uh, uh, I can't talk a lot right now because... You were talking about when... Uh, you called ha- Nick. When Hallie went to Hallie see... Hallie went... <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just drugly called up there the same night that the surprise party was, and I was mad at Nick because I was like, I'd have drove up. Yeah, where's we our invite? Uh, we weren't doing nothing. <laughs> no, continue. I'm sorry. So, yeah, that's kind of how it all went down. And uh, here we are, full circle, mm-hmm. getting ready to start our season two. It's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. Yeah. I think it's I'm going to, I think maybe we'll do this right before the season finale starts. Ah, so you're sneaking into season mm-hmm. four? I think I'll, I'll less editing for you. Crowbar. <laughs> <laughs> Force it into season four. But no, it's it's super exciting. You guys are growing a lot. I mean, you're a lot farther along than we were at that that, that stage. So that's amazing. We talked a lot of shop before we got rolling, and it's super exciting. Yeah, we're any- we're excited. We're really happy to be here with you yeah. today. And um, so yeah, uh, we have some some creepy stuff to share with you. Spooky, scary stories. I think that's what we're all here for too. Is hearing those spooky stories. I'm curious of where Blair's going to start. I'm pointing at Blair first. Ah, well, <laughs> I I want to preface this by saying that I was actually able to sit down and interview every person that was there that night for the very first time oh. for this particular show because it's been a long time and we all experienced it. But, you know, when you start talking, you start remembering more, Mm -hmm. you start remembering more details, you're getting other people's perspectives. And I'm really, I just want to say thank you to those people, because if you are listening, I am so grateful for that. Otherwise, it's just me going, well, back in the day. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So uh, this is going to be my best attempt at getting five perspectives. Yeah, this situation. But I think where we should probably start is back when the first incident that I ever heard about happened with um, my dad and his step siblings, because um, unfortunately, um, I've had family that has recently passed away that owned this land. So it's a little different now. And um somebody will probably be i don't know we'll we'll see what they think about that but hallie and i did try to go and find this when she came to visit me well that in itself is a story (laughs) yes it is and i was getting very angry but um 
after talking with some people, I did find out that we got really close and it was in the area that both you and I got that feeling. Awkward feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. But um, so as far as I know, because of everything, uh, the land looks completely different than what it had previously. But I have some details that I can give that will give you a good understanding of this place without giving a lot away. So this area of land is on, we'll say, rural central Wisconsin. I'm going to keep it vague at the request of my dad. Um, back in the late 80s, his step-siblings had a party. They had a boombox and beer and fire because this, this place, it, it's just land. Like the family uses it to hunt. And they're having a rip-roaring good time, as you do, <laughs> um, in Wisconsin. And they started noticing that the, like the boombox was cutting in and out, which, you know, at that time you're thinking uh, and change your antenna you know um and all of a sudden static came through there was a growling noise and like this like metallic-y sounding like razor uh, through the boom box and one of the friends of my step aunts and uncles that were out there saw a pair of red eyes in the tree line mm. like up in the tree and they freaked out and they booked it a lot of people won't go out there to this day just from that incident alone um <laughs> even though there there is still hunting on that land but a lot of people won't go out there my dad doesn't have a problem with it surprisingly uh, my dad is one of, he's like six foot four, like burly guy, like no nonsense, but he, he is kind of one of those people when we're out there, he's like murmuring to himself and we're like, what did you say? He's like, oh, nothing, nothing. Well, here he, when I was younger, he would say, I'm talking to them. To them? Mm. Them. Yeah. Uh, we're respecting them. We're respecting the land. And so to me, it, it it's creepy to hear that coming from a guy that is very like, you know. Uh, it's your dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So since then, you know, that was the story that we always heard growing up uh, was about the boombox incident. Um, he did tell me recently that some of his step-siblings have other stories but a lot of times he, he didn't want to tell me what they were because he we didn't have permission to use them. Um, but he said any time that they would tell those stories, they would always go, oh, yeah, yeah. But I was drinking or yeah, that was a long time ago or uh, let's not talk about it. It's just kind of mm. one of those things where it's like, well, I kind of witnessed this, but mm, I don't know. Maybe I didn't kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so. Besides that, my dad has seen a creature run across the road 
coming from the land and out into the cornfield that's right across the road from it based on what he has told me because it was a little bit of a distance away the thing was huge um it looked like a mountain lion but it was running like a human across the road what like bipedal yeah yeah it had a tail too like a mountain lion um what he said because he saw this during the day he said that it's gray and it looks like the hair is like really close to the skin if it has hair but Mm -hmm. it looked like it had hair he said it's just like super short short to the skin um and he said that it ran very fast it was very muscular um and it seemed to be pretty big um more so muscular than tall but he said that it had to have been taller than him um there was an incident where my i did ask my mom back when they were still married apparently i was in the car seat in the back they were driving past the land and they had seen something very similar except this time that thing was on all four slinking across the road um and and going into the same cornfield mm-hmm. but it's always in that area uh my aunt who would be my dad's oldest sister she said that a lot of times there would be like odd things that would happen if they were doing like yard work and stuff on the land like if they were chopping wood back when they were kids uh there was one incident that she had told me that has really stuck with her where they were working and she felt like something was like looking at her or watching her and she just kind of like involuntarily turned like where it is you know how that goes Mm -hmm. um and in the cornfield at a distance she saw this thing that had red eyes it was really tall coming out of the corn but do you guys remember when we were kids they had like that ants in the pants game Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah so she said and because i asked her like a while ago like how come you never wanted to play that game with me when i was like when i was a kid you know (laughs) um and she's like because the ants freaked me out because she said that that figure that was coming out of the corn was shaped like those ants from the ants in the pants game and it was completely black and had red eyes Hmm. um okay can we can we pause there just for a second oh yeah i have a lot of notes yeah. <laughs> very interesting questions so far. questions i'm yeah. sure you have questions yeah insight no so i i don't know if you've seen when you're talking about the boom box i was trying to think because i'm like literally the last week and a half somebody had just talked to me about this boom box with bigfoot they said bigfoot you didn't say bigfoot no they said bigfoot talking through it really? and i'm trying to remember and i was like oh, it was one of our listeners who just contacted me about that they said mm. that they were having a party and this would be i won't say the state it's way it's the midwest mm-hmm. and they were having a party drinking having fun boombox cut out and then it sounded like weird metallic voices started coming through it and then they had what? bigfoot encounters around oh my god what? yeah very really? similar and that's why i was thinking i'm like i've heard, i've just heard this story that's hmm. why so i was sitting here like did she email you no it was no <laughs> you know who it was we'll talk about it off air oh, okay okay yeah uh, we should i want to know more um based on and what we'll kind of i will definitely tell you what is on the land too um i really honestly don't think that that's what it is after 
me and them had talked, uh, we came to that similar conclusion for mm-hmm. their thing that happened. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that was Bigfoot either for you. Um, yeah. My next little note, unless you had something about the boombox. So no, no, no. Though. I had one about the the gray thing that ran across the road. Yeah, I, so. I knew you would. But Catman, do you know there's a lot of Catman hmm. sightings here in the U.S.? I've heard about this. That's what really? I wonder, too, because when you them. said it was more like a like a mountain lion cougar mm-hmm. type thing, like in so, the silvery gray color, mm-hmm. kind of fits. So the Catman's New England, a lot of the sightings, but they're also out west. Uh, a lot. The real famous sighting was a group of kids. That's seen a Black Panther. And this is like mm-hmm. 04, 05. It wasn't like super long ago. You know, it's relatively oh. recently. Yeah. And they're walking because it was kind of a rural town. So they'd walk past this field getting back from school. But it was like a town of like 500 people, so, mm-hmm. you know, and they seen a Black Panther. And they're all froze because they're all kind of scared. They were, you know, 12 year olds. And then they said it stood up like a man and ran away. Ugh. And it just, they panicked and ran. And uh, it would, I got, we'll, we'll have to do an episode on that because there's a little bit more to that story because there's, yeah, I can't remember which Native American tribe is there, but they actually have legends of a similar creature in that same area. Interesting uh, that you bring that you, up. Yep. <laughs> if you <laughs> find that. out what tribe, well, please let me yeah. know. Um, did you definitely comes into play here? I think Blair, were you ever able to pull up like, you know, how they have the indigenous maps? Mm -hmm. to look at that area to see kind of like what the overlay is on that yes so based on what i was able to find although i would really like more research on it just because i like to have things that confirm what i'm finding but um without giving too much of the location away based on the history of how the town around it was founded and what happened i'm pretty sure that it was the ojibwa tribe Ojibwa. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I that could be wrong. We actually um, have a lot of Native American listeners, and I'll tell you what they could probably complain the least in any of. I don't think I've ever had a complaint from them. Corrections, but I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So anybody, any of our Native American listeners, if you have any inclination on these topics, please email in Cryptozoicorn yes. podcast yeah. at gmail dot com. Yeah, I would greatly appreciate that because some of, I mean, after you. After you have an experience, it's just weird because you want to know about yeah. Oh, yeah. what yeah. the what F just happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, <laughs> trying to rationalize yeah. and try to find and and not only that, but like, yeah, I well, as you get into your story further, mm-hmm. there's going to be more stuff that you're going to be like, yeah. oh, oh, okay. There's a lot <laughs> of tie-ins with American Indians with reference on what. I heard, mm-hmm. um, and things that are on the land. So we come to the part of the story where I'm going to tell you, which you're probably like, I'm not surprised at all, but there is a burial mound on this land. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it sits, um, in kind of the, not the valley cause it's not a valley, but it's on the bottom section of the land because it actually part of the land has a ridge to it. Okay. Which is going to come into play later. My dad, I mean, and honestly, he hasn't done a lot of research or anything like that. And um, the tribes that were there hundreds of years ago, he thinks that possibly because there's one section on the ridge that's more flat than the rest of the land. And he thinks that 
perhaps, and I, we both could be very wrong on this, but he thinks that it could have been an area for gathering or for ritual. Sure. I mean, uh, well, you know, from like, for example, Serpent's Mound is built on an uplifted ridge overlooking mm-hmm. the rest, you know, so a lot of these spiritually significant areas were built in areas of overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have that kind of situation. I mean, that would make sense to me. And the U.S. systematically destroyed so many burial mounds so fast yeah. that you couldn't, there could be a whole complex there and you hit, mm-hmm. there's one left. I know, for right. example, Wisconsin, the, you know, the Dragonback Mound? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the largest standing mound in the country. Mm-hmm. And the only reason it survived uh, was because people just thought it was a hill. Yep. It was big enough <laughs> to, to be mistaken for a hill. Hmm. And then they yeah. started flying over it and it looks it looks like a big dragon. Hmm. Yep. And then you had something to say about the cat man, didn't you? Oh yeah, I was just gonna say are you sure he it just wasn't a furry? <laughs> <laughs> I mean it is Wisconsin. Why is he running so fast? I mean Why right. is he going in the car? He's late. I know there's a convention, he's late for it. It wasn't <laughs> I, th- I thought you were going to talk about your big white thing that ran in front of the road. I mean, it was oh. similar, um, kind of, but I was just so far away. And But I had a similar experience where I seen something white run across the road, you know, about a half a mile in front of me. And when oh, I got it. when it's like that far away and you're like, what the, what is that? You thought it <laughs> yeah. was dog. I thought it was my dog at first because I was looking for my dog. Yeah. But then as I was coming closer to the spot, I realized it was. There's no way that was my the size dog. Size of a polar bear. It was just yeah, it was too tall and like had long legs like a deer, and it was just shaggy long fur. And I was like, it's <laughs> definitely not was my. Was it running on all fours? Yes. Well, could you see legs? Yeah, I saw like yeah. Okay. Could see the legs come down, uh, but it just couldn't make heads or tails of what it was at all. It was just weird. Mm-hmm. And then, but the, by the time I got to the area where it crossed the road, there was nothing on. There was nothing there. Because it went into an That's empty field, weird. and there was just nothing there in the field. It was odd. The ghost of a polar bear. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Blair. Continue. Um, well, I will leave out part of uh, details on the ridge for a second, because that, that kind of plays into my brother's side of the story, because he's actually witnessed and seen things out there that I haven't. I mm. did. I did remember a question. I'm so sorry. No, go for it. <laughs> there was a lot there. Uh, who had seen the ant in the pants creature? My aunt. And <laughs> oh. oh, I guess the soundboard <laughs> the soundboard's too far away. Hey, there's a hit the button. Aunt. Your aunt seen the giant ant, but they don't really. The ants in the pants don't look like ant ants. No, they look very weird. Yeah. Uh, I just so, yeah. So something was on its head. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. But she, again, didn't go into a lot of detail. Right. And from some of these accounts of whatever big, dark figure with the red eyes is, most of the time when it's seen, it's almost like a shadow. Like, you can see through it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I am going to come out and say I haven't seen anything. All of my experiences were audio um my brother has though um which we could go into his side and then yeah, sorry i keep interrupting you into... you continue no. however you want to <laughs> no you're totally fine interrupt it's okay um 
I'll tell his thing before we get into the shared experience. Um, so my brother is younger than me by five years and he was pretty young when my dad kind of, you know, talked to him about how, you know, things, things are out here and we just need to respect the place. We need to keep it clean. Um, they don't like us tampering with things out here. And so that's just kind of always been how it was referred to. And my brother's just like, okay. Uh, <laughs> so my dad had told him one night that when he was out there with him that, you know, you should go over the ridge here and, you know, just come up over this hill by the mound and just sit with no flashlight and just introduce yourself. Just say you're my son and that, you know, you're here to respect the, the land and that, you know. So my brother's like, all right, okay. You know, he's small. Uh, <laughs> he's not that that old. So he went over the hill and he didn't take a flashlight and there was moonlight so at least like he could kind of see where he was going and this is out in the middle of nowhere so like there's no like uh what do they call that light pollution mm -hmm. um so he's out there and he's like hi my my name is you know and he just kind of sat for a little bit after and he's like all right like I did my thing and he turned to come back towards the fire where my dad was and he saw this huge white what he thought looked like a white stag and he said that it made absolutely no noise which he didn't know how it was possible and he didn't even know how it was possible for this stag to hold this gigantic rack on his head basically it just did not physically make sense hmm. um and it was looking at him and what he told me before was he said that it almost looked like it was like blind but he couldn't really tell in the dark but after like talking to him a little bit more about it he said i i think that it wasn't like blind i don't think it had eyes but I know that it was looking at me because he said the sockets were hollowed out. Oh, mm. Ugh, gross. That's yeah. And he said that it was only illuminated by the moonlight. So he really couldn't get a, like a really good detail on it. But he said the thing was massive and it just kind of like started walking a little bit, not towards him, but it was looking at him and like walking in another direction. And he kind of like looked over to the sides and then looked back and the thing was gone. And there was no way that it could have gone anywhere, you know, without him being able to see it. And so when he came back to the fire, uh, my, my dad's like, Hey, you know, did you, so my dad said, Hey, did you hear or see anything? And he said, uh yeah i did <laughs> so he told my dad what he had seen and uh, my dad kind of said okay he said that's that's something out here 
he said that that might be a good sign um apparently when my dad was younger and he had done the same thing he saw a doe that was similar to that uh my my dad is pretty vague with some of the things and i know there are stories that he hasn't told me i don't know if somebody had told him to do the same thing like he had told my brother to do that or if he just decided that was something he was going to try when he was younger over the hill but um he had done the exact same thing that my brother had when my dad was younger and he had seen a doe um kind of going off of aspects like that my dad has said that there are signs if they accept you or not or like warning signs um a lot of times if you know you're in an okay spot you'll hear songbirds what time of day it doesn't matter including the in the middle of the night if you're not accepted you're gonna know it right away um there's always like this feeling like, like a heavier feeling on the land to begin with but if you're not that welcome it's gonna make sure you know that you're not welcome like there's mm -hmm. senses of being watched there's noises um similar to what was experienced with the radio um which kind of brings us into the incident so my stepmom was introduced to the land prior to the night of the incident she did have an incident herself very small um they went camping just the two of them out there and my dad had told her like hey i just kind of wanted to let you know that there's some weird things that happen out here and she was just like cool <laughs> sure well about like five minutes after saying that um <laughs> my stemp uncles that have like some like backhoes and cats and stuff out there to do work out there with removing trees and stuff just have like random stuff sitting around there's like a camper and like that kind of thing well the backhoe that was there at the time all of a sudden the lights started coming on on it on and off on and off and dad's like okay <laughs> <laughs> there's your sign i guess <laughs> so um he went to go check it out and stuff and there was literally nothing wrong with the backhoe or anything like there were no wires chewed or anything like that so uh take that what you will but that was what she had experienced so where this plays in is we're telling my stepsister about this as we're driving to go camping here and my stepsister is not a believer and she really honestly thought that my dad was just trying to like pull her leg and like I don't believe in this stuff you're just trying to get me and she was kind of getting frustrated the fact that we all kept talking about it and she started like getting you know a little bit more um enthusiastic about how she doesn't believe and when we were sitting around the fire she's like come at me ghosties like kind of <laughs> just almost egging it on mm -hmm. and so fast forward to that night we're packing up the fire and we're going to bed and my dad and my stepmom were going on a walk so it was just the three of us kids getting into the shared tent 
and how it was laid out was my brother was the furthest away from the door and we were all just like sardined in the line to the dorm. (laughs) (laughs) My brother, me, uh, my stepsister in the middle, then my stepmom and then my dad right next to the door. But before they got back, we're just laying there talking and my brother just falls asleep, basically. And I'm like, well, okay, he he is a sleeper. But I was like, okay, dude, okay. So my sister and I are talking and suddenly I start hearing songbirds. And I'm like, okay, I might just be doing this to myself. <laughs> so we started talking again and stuff. And my stepsister's like, do you hear something? Like birds? And I'm like, oh, okay, you hear that too. That's that's great. So she started getting a little bit more nervous. My dad and my stepmom come back from their walk. And my stepsisters are like, mom, mom, do you hear that? Do you, do you hear that? And she was talking about like how we both heard it and my dad's like yep he said that's okay just go to sleep that's a good thing well before i went to sleep and this is gonna come back with my brother as well but i had i wear glasses and so i thought maybe it was just my eyes but when we talked about it i'm glad that he saw it too because i don't know if anybody else saw it or if they were paying attention to it um my stepsister didn't say but at the top of the tent like where the vent would be it looked like a cloud of gnats like gnats that you would walk through Mm, okay a big cloud no noise just like gnats don't really make noise that's how it started my brother also remembers seeing them before he went to sleep and he said that he remembered wanting to get up to take care of the problem before falling asleep but he just like passed out so it started like that we went to sleep and when i woke up next i heard running around the tent and i'm talking like somebody was taking laps around the freaking tent like so close if they tripped they were falling into the tent wow (laughs) and i mean it was consistent but it didn't sound like anything big or small like it sounded like a an actual person on two legs running around the tent and i didn't see any shadows or anything like that i was still hearing like the forest noises of like critters and frogs and insects and stuff like that but I didn't hear the songbirds anymore. And when I looked up at the top of the tent, that cloud of gnats was now darker and coming together like a mass of something. Hmm. And I went to sleep again. I don't know how, but I did. (laughs) Um, I, I will say that around the time that we went to bed was around midnight. So all of this happened within two to three hours based on the last thing that happened. It was around three o'clock in the morning. But the next time I woke up, I didn't hear the running around the tent, but I heard war drums and dancing bells, like the bells that they wear around their ankles. Yeah. And it was a consistent pounding. It never changed. It was just one direct pound 
and it sounded like the the dancing bells accompanying it and i remember my dad saying that if you had ever heard any drums out there you were deep shite mm. and i'm like interesting okay i still don't have my glasses on but i'm looking around to kind of see if people are like stirring my brother is completely out not moving like he is asleep and i'm looking back up at the top of the tent and that thing is now the size of a softball black and it looks like this mass of flies there's like these black specks coming in and out of this thing and it's all one thing you could tell there was no noise to it it was a moving mass with these things like coming in and out it looked like flies based on me without my glasses on and I'm like, this can't be good. <laughs> this is not good. And I somehow went back to sleep after that. And I don't know how long it was after. My, From the account from my stepmom said that she woke up to hear the drums also. And based on what she felt was the time range, after the, the drums and bells started, it was probably about 20-ish minutes to a half hour once we started hearing the noise so that's when i woke up because my stepsister was freaking out <laughs> trying to wake up my stepmom and my dad my dad also was not waking up um i woke up to my stepsister shaking me and i heard this huge noise and at this point there was no other noise in the woods going on it was just this noise and it, it sounded like like three animals in one basically is the best mm. way I can describe it. It sounded like a lion roaring, a horse whining and an elephant trumpeting all at once. And this noise, it was the same every time it echoed like an air raid siren, but it was very short noises. They weren't prolonged. And when I asked my stepmom about this noise, she said that prior to that noise starting, which was coming over by the picnic table, which was only about 25 feet away from our tent, she said that she heard what sounded like something jumping on top of the picnic table, up and down. And this noise wasn't necessarily attached to that jumping noise, is what she had said. Well, we finally got my dad to wake up. And my stepmom's like, you need to take care of this. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know about this. And my stepsister's freaking out. I'm like sitting there like backhanding my brother in the face to wake up because I'm like, I can't carry you out of here if we need to leave. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. And my dad said, all right, unzip the tent window. So my stepmom unzipped the window to the tent and my dad flashed a flashlight out there and you couldn't see the table. You couldn't see anything. It was completely black. Mm, mm. You could see nothing. The moon was, it didn't look like the moon was out, nothing. And my dad said, I told you that I would take care of it in the morning. We're not going to keep this place a mess. We respect the area. We are only spending the night and we will be out first thing in the morning. 
half a second after that noise was like over by the picnic table, it was immediately right next to the tent. There oh. was no noise of jumping or running. It was just there. And it made that noise again. And my dad said, I promise we're, we're going to take care of it. We promise. And this thing like made this huffing noise. But the thing was, is like, it was like right up against that window and the tent. We couldn't hear or we couldn't like feel or smell anything. And it should have like, based on how big this thing sounded and how close it was, you would have felt like there would have been like an imprint or an indent against the tent with the pressure. There was nothing. But it sounded almost like an angry bull, like huffing, you know. And after my dad had said that one last time, this thing like pounded off into the woods going towards like the ridge area. And you only heard like three big stomps and then nothing. Mm. No noise. The rest of the night, there were no critter noises or insects, nothing. It was dead silent until the sun came up. Hmm. And I haven't been back since. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got a lot of questions. You know, and you wonder about it because it's like, okay, I never saw anything. I only heard things. Mm -hmm. But it's consistent with the stories that I've been told by my dad. And this, I mean, people in the family have been experiencing this since my step-grandpa bought the land, like, how many decades ago? And... You wonder, like, okay, was I freaking dreaming? Like, this is just nuts because it's like you didn't know what to think during the incident. Mm -hmm. And to have everybody kind of come together again to talk about what happened just kind of it feels good, but it's scarier because it's like, oh, yeah, okay, so you saw that too. That like, actually <laughs> happened. Yeah. That did not hallucinate. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, I, I've tried to look up on my own like what some of that stuff could have been um and if anybody has any sort of information about any of the things that have been out there i would love to know because it has just been something that has stuck with me definitely <laughs> so i've heard a lot of bits of your encounter from a lot of other people uh, that's why I've been making notes the whole time, uh, which I th is find extremely fascinating, and that just yeah helps it flesh out more that you know, if other people are experiencing similar things, you know. Uh, right. For example, I just uh, the three voices at one time mm -hmm. has been reported with Sasquatch. Um, oh shit! Our buddy uh, Scott Nelson, when he analyzed some of the original Sierra sounds and other stuff. Anybody didn't know who Scott Nelson is? I always call him Scott T. Nelson, but it's not. Yeah. Scott Nelson's the original, the guy that worked for the Navy that was a linguist and yeah. analyzes Sierra sounds. He's a good buddy of ours. Yeah. And uh, they found some Bigfoot calls, or what people say are Bigfoot calls, that mm -hmm. have the ability to produce. It's almost like they have different sets of vocal cords, the way he was describing yeah. it. Mm -hmm. and More complex. It, yeah, so they'll make three different sounds. It's like three people talking out of one throat. Mm-hmm. So that's where you get that layered sound. Yeah. Uh, that was an interesting thing. Um, so the massive... 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Sex is very interesting. Swarming around you. The charging without hearing any sound. So like you said, it jumped from the picnic table all the way to the front of the tent, huffed at you, which is another very Bigfoot thing. We've heard that a lot where, you know, that blowing air, that blowing, uh, and then stomping off. So Mm -hmm. we've had several people even on this show that have described that same thing. Bigfoot's dead silent. They didn't hear it until it got caught or it got called out, and then it stomps Mm -hmm. off. uh, I think it was Noah, right? Noah, yeah. Noah with the marshmallows. Yep. Uh, Bigfoot was stealing marshmallows (laughs) from their camp. (laughs) And what it was doing, it was making scary noises over here, and -hmm. there may have been two Bigfoot. And this one was drawing attention over here, and he caught the one at the backside of camp stealing everything. And once he caught that one, <laughs> it hopped, you know, it hopped. Look and, over there! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, this is not, in my opinion, Bigfoot at all, though. I actually think no. I know what this is. Oh, I'm interested I know, to hear you. Because I you hit, tell you about the last aspect of okay. the land. I won't tell anything yet, because I have other questions no. <laughs> before I give my okay. analysis. Cool. So something that my brother shared with me after his experience was that my dad had taken him on a walk past the point where he had seen the thing. And he had told my brother that there is a cave up on the ridge. Ooh. My dad, when he was younger, 
actually went to the cave. And what's scary is there were depictions on the wall of the cave. Old, old drawings. Um, ones that you would typically see in a cave dwelling or, you know, just depictions from tribes. Um, what my brother will tell me or what he did share with me is that um, he said that there are your typical pictures of what you would think of when you think of cave drawings. But he said that some of those things depicted didn't seem human. Hmm. And what he did tell me also is that when my dad was younger, he had gone in and had an experience that he refuses to talk about. Uh -huh. um, I did not ask my dad about that. I did not pressure him, but um, apparently he didn't tell my brother anything else either. That was all that he had said and he refuses to talk about it. Um, which I did not know that there was even a cave until a couple years ago. Uh, my mm. brother gave me a lot more insight than what I had known previously, which to me makes it way more scary. But yeah, I I want to know what you think. Well, I got, like, I got more questions interested. first. Uh, so my first question is, do you personally feel it's one phenomena representing in many different ways? I kind of do. Yeah. We that's, talked about I, that. I, yeah. That's when, what, we, when we did our initial interview. That's the feeling about, I got. Is that yeah. it's, it's all one thing or one group of things yep. that is representing itself in a myriad of different ways. Different yes. ways. And oh, I'm so glad. definitely intelligent. Oh, it's very intelligent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And angry. Uh, yeah. Now, more so when there are being there's changes being made. Um, disrespect. Yeah. Um, my dad had straight up said, he goes, there will be obviously times that you're out there and absolutely nothing happens. But he said there seems to be a pattern with it that any time that they would chop wood or any time mm -hmm. that there would be some cosmetic change that something would show up in one way. Hmm. So what do you do? You. I think you may have alluded to this a little bit earlier. Do you think this is some Native American ghost? Is that kind of what your thought was? Yeah. Um, I really do think that it ties very closely to that, especially with the mound being there, um, with the sounds that I heard. It makes sense that that's what is playing there. So, um, so what makes you think personally that it's a Native American mound? I never thought about that before, actually. Just based on the area and based on the drums that I heard. Didn't um, you, Blair, didn't you say when we did the original interview that there was like in the mound itself that there was like a hole, <laughs> like an opening? Mm, mm -hmm. I know what this and is. Then, and then like when you look down in it, you were able to see stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, you could barely make out what it was like, and it's just because the sun hit it just right. Yeah, you shouldn't go near that thing ever again. Oh, uh, I need I need to know what you're saying. This is yeah. Justin. Do you know where I'm going with it? I've, maybe this is a fairy fort. What? That's a fairy fort. To, I I don't know about a fairy so fort. So several cultures. Know. Yeah, no, it's not good. It's not a good thing. 
Oh no. Uh, so everybody knows fairy rings, right? And that's kind of the small. So when fairies take hold, and this is the fae folk, we're not talking like the little, you know, Tinkerbell fairies. Tinkerbell. The fae folk <laughs> uh, are metaphysical in a lot of the, the mythologies surrounding them. Uh, they take on many different forms. A lot of the mm-hmm. big ones we believe right now is Sasquatch-like entities are these red-eyed creatures are actually the fae putting on a protective face. They get big and scary, and they mimic something, or they know that that's what you want to see, but they take on many shapes. Uh, the Native Americans, they're fae. They call them the Lost Tribe. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's like the Puckwedgies out here in mm-hmm. like New England area. That's what they are. They're the Lost Tribe. They consider them intelligent-like people, but mm-hmm. not people. So that's why they call them a tribe. They recognize mm-hmm. their intelligence. So a fae fort or a fairy fort is a large mound that can be in a myriad of different shapes. Normally it has uh, some kind of rocks around the outside in a circle somewhere. They can be covered up. And in the top of it somewhere is a hole to the fae realm. Holy shit. And uh, so fae have to tie their portals to something. So a mm-hmm. lot of these littler fae encounters, like when we had L'Oreal, do you remember? She had that big tree. Hmm. But the closer she got to the tree, the more the more dread she felt, the further yeah. away she got from it. And this big gnarled old tree. So mm-hmm. the fae need this spot. So when a fae established in this area... They make these fairy forts or the fae forts, and they're mounds of dirt. Uh, England and Ireland and Scotland mostly dug all theirs up. And when mm-hmm. you attack them, you can actually get transported to the fae realm. It's a bleeding area. So you can bleed through creatures from over there, bleed through to ours. And unfortunately, people can end up over there. Oh, mm-hmm. that's terrifying. Uh, so the fae can take all kinds of shapes. You know, they're also called earth spirits or whatever. Uh, and that's kind of the phenomena you're describing. Uh, the white yeah. stag is a big thing in Ireland and Scotland. Uh, mm-hmm. they are, so that's a form they take often. Um, well, I find that really interesting that you brought that up because around, so around the mound, there's actually these plants that don't grow up. They grow out. Mm-hmm. So it's like a circle. Like they, they can't even grow up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These plants are meant to grow up but they grow out instead. It's like they can't grow up. The feelings you guys get too, uh, these overall big feelings, and the fae can put you to sleep. That's a, a known thing across the world. And I'm not talking, uh, our listeners know, but I'm not talking European fae. Mm-hmm. Almost every major culture or country on the planet has a very similar uh, set of legends around the fae. Their, uh, Africa has their own fae. North America, mm-hmm. we're talking about the Native Americans with their fae. Uh, yeah. Fae is just a word that we choose to use to ex- you know, describe these right. beings. But fae mounds are extremely scary to be around. Uh, I would be kind of curious if you looked into your area to see if there's any missing kids. I don't think so. At least Not that I've timey. heard of, but I, I could back. research to that. Yeah. Further back, yeah. yeah. I wonder further back. Because everywhere around the land is already just processed farmland. Yep. Um, so much farmland. So much farmland. I mean, well, you know, Hallie. Yeah. We drove and drove and drove and drove <laughs> and drove. <laughs> yeah. So it could because- be the last stronghold. So with Lori's encounter, there was just this little woods in the middle of her city. And it was the mm-hmm. only part of old growth forest that they had anywhere for hundreds of miles. And it was probably the last little bit. And they put in a new bridge and the fae activity went wild and it went super oppressive. It went super crazy because they were changing a bridge in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so I think you may, and they manifest as insects and they manifest as great, big, huge, powerful things. And the red eyes is definitely an attribute we attribute to the Fae. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pukwudgies are, you know, very, they're hard to deal with because they can be, even when they're nice, they can be extremely dangerous to be around mm-hmm. uh, because their jokes may result in your death. Oh my God. Because they don't no. view, they have a, a whole different mindset with how death and life works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like puck wedgies are generally, some of the stories are generally spoken about with them not being, you know, mean, but they'll lead you off a cliff for the hell of it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. they think it's funny. So that's, yeah. so that's interesting. So they, I don't know a lot about um, this um, phenomenon. So they have the ability to, it's not really like shapeshift necessarily. They, but like rep- pres- they present, present themselves. themselves. They're, think go. of yeah. them kind of as open energy. Okay. And they put so on they the, can just like manifest in whatever form. They put on and, a mask for you to interact with them. So a lot of these Bigfoot-like mm-hmm. entities that people describe the paranormal Sasquatch, yeah. uh, these big red eyes things. These uh, so we have a buddy that is a Bigfoot researcher. He's only had and he had this happen once, to where he was following a Bigfoot with red eyes, and it walked off a cliff like a cartoon. Oh my god! Yeah, but he knew it was. He knew there's a cliff, and he's following it with the headlights, and he can see the silhouette, and the big eyes, and it's walking like it's a person, but it just goes right off the cliff into nothing, into air, doesn't fall or and nothing. Just- continued on yeah. like and indiana he, jones style well he was feeling like it was trying to lead him off the cliff because oh. you're following wow. me follow me follow me and yeah. he's like no i know there's a cliff right there and that's and so he would because he was a big flesh and blood guy until that happened uh so they could put on multitudes of faces uh from it really depends on their mood so mm-hmm. the fae are extremely hard to understand they're they're intelligent but they're have a different mindset than humans Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of halfway between, I would say, kind of like a computer and us. Okay. They're very, uh, it's, it's hard to kind of describe because they're, they're very foreign. They're very alien in their thought process. Uh, and we personally, we uh, think a lot of the fae is actually the manifestation of mushrooms. So That's mushrooms are hyper-intelligent creatures. Right. Uh, they're ancient. They're before plants and animals. So they're the ancestor of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, they make mycelian hive networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually integrating mushrooms into computer chips right now because they transfer data faster than any electronics. Right. And wow. there's actually a mushroom. There's a mushroom church that just popped up. Yeah, that's weird. I saw that. And then, uh, so and then they make they make the fey rings. Do you know that? Fairy mm-hmm. rings you see are actually mushrooms underground making them. And we think it's something basically like a miniature hydron collider where they're gaining energy in this circular motion. Because no, nobody can explain why they really do this, mm-hmm. why they make the circles. So we think it's their way of trying to interact with the 3D world from their 2D world, essentially. And mushrooms essentially will cut off whole chunks of their body uh, if it inconveniences them. Mm-hmm. So all these jokes that the Fae do where you have bodily harm, it's still kind of funny to them because they're it's they're not as attached to any given part of their body as we are. You mm-hmm. know, it's not that big a deal. So these jokes yeah. and they transfer over. It's very interesting. Uh, I think you have a Fay Fort. I think there's very, very few of them left. Uh, I think it was Ireland went through in like the 1800s and systematically dug every one of them up they could find. Wow. And where Paris from, I did not know that. Our good buddy, uh, their version is Trolls. 
But yep. the trolls are very magical too. We have the mm-hmm. here in America, we have the thought that trolls are big mountain giants and you know swinging rocks, and they could be some of them because uh, mm-hmm. fairies or fae aren't small. But yeah, the trolls are small, and they actually live in these rock piles called troll houses. Mm-hmm. So Scandinavia as a whole, well, purposely they uh, rewrote a highway recently because they found one in the route. Really? A troll house. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, they rewrote an entire national highway because they found That's one. Crazy. And the government was saying, no, go ahead and build it there. And all the workers yeah. were like, nope. Nope. Heck no. <laughs> you know what lives in that thing? We knocked <laughs> that thing over. It's like a beehive. And that's yeah. essentially what I believe you have on your property. You have the, the gateway or the hive. Uh, so they are supposed to have a hole in the top of them somewhere. Uh, you shouldn't look into it again. I'll warn you. Okay. It's uh, not good. I don't know. If you want if you want your show to be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Blair went missing. Oh. Yeah. So what you're saying is that someone probably shouldn't destroy anything on the property or build construction on the property or do anything like that. Probably not a wise If you're going decision. to do that, bring a lot of iron. A okay. lot of iron. Well, like swords and stuff? Uh, <laughs> pure iron. Oh, okay. Not, not, not processed iron. Like gotcha. pig iron. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, it's that's swinging swords the... in the woods. At, Did you... you get that feeling too? Yeah. Hey? I th- it's like forest elemental. It's just forest like elemental what... phase. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I kind of, at this point anyway, before our conversation, I have kind of just thought of over the years of like, this kind of sounds like an elemental of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, just, Something that is more of a protector of the woods type deal because obviously it gets pissed off if there yeah. is any destruction of yeah, trees or you know mm-hmm. everything from um, ghosts to, to fa- so for more for your example is when you when it was swirling around the tent essentially that black fog uh, when we did our fan well it wasn't it wasn't swirling it was it was like a dome staying put at the top of the tent no I'm talking when um, your dad took the flashlight and looked out and you couldn't see the oh, table yeah. It was completely black. There was nothing. Yeah. So it's like anything. encapsulated you. Like they dropped a veil. Yeah. Yeah. So that, That's what I thought, too. Like it was like you were actually looking into a different realm. Like for some reason you were in that bubble. So uh, I, it was one of the smoke the smokestack rocks when we did our original Faye episode a long time ago. Uh, Faye in North America where a lady witnessed small creatures kind of described like puck wedgies and they started forming this tornado and actually covering up the smoke rock and the smoke rock disappeared. And mm. she went in town, told everybody, everybody thought she was crazy until one of the doctors went out and he seen him too. And then the whole town went out and seen the, the phenomena and they were, whatever they were doing, they were, you couldn't see inside to see the rock. They like covered the rock until they were done. And then they went away. Weird. Mm. So all aspects, if you start looking in with fae or fairies or forest elemental like that, Pretty much every aspect of your encounters can be found in those those encounters from other people in folklore. Uh, and that's the guy who I just was talking about earlier with the boombox. After me and him talked, that's what I thought was happening on his property as well as the Fae. Uh, huh. Interesting. That is interesting. And talking to them, here's the weird thing. Never give them your name. You never introduce yourself. There's a lot with fairy magic and actually giving up your When you give them your name, you're giving them your name. And they can change, mm-hmm. play, change places with you, changelings, all this stuff. Uh, Creepy. They're they're very not good to be around from everything we've had people. And they try to, they're protecting the forest, 
but it's all it's it's kind of weird how they do it. It's they're very odd, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, well, and with recent events too, um, the land is being passed on because of um, people passing, and there has been talk about that particular person wanting to build on this particular land. Well, good luck. Which, yeah, I was like, <laughs> I don't I, I don't even know why you would want to. Oh, I think uh, <laughs> a bulldozer will win if you do it fast enough. And it's going to mm-hmm. really be sucky for whoever's driving that bulldozer. But, I mean, look, the uh, old country, like you said, the rest of your, the rest of the area around you is fields. Mm-hmm. It had the fey folk in it. And it just slowly gets pieced off and pieced off. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of well, these. Well, that's the thing, too, is, like, my dad is, like, the only person that really feels comfortable out there. Mm-hmm. Like, he feels at peace with it. I mean, he's experienced a lot. But, like, even though he's at peace with it, I mean, he's, he still has had experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they have the camper out there. And that's, like, probably the biggest thing that's out there. It just sits there. And there's other, like, junk laying around for, you know, potentially doing building and stuff. But, like, this camper, that's where he used to stay the night before hunting. And, like, he, I mean, he told me of a time, too, where it's like, yeah, I didn't hear any noises. But I woke up to the the camper shaking mm-hmm. and this thing knocking against the camper. But then when he would go out, there would be no prints in the snow. Mm-hmm. And there was no snow that night. So it's just like, yeah, I don't, I'm just like picturing that if somebody's trying to build out there, <laughs> this thing is like, ah, no, 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 you know, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, does the Kool-Aid man through the wall. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show on Netflix, uh, Hildy. Oh, the, yeah. The show Hildy on Netflix. Their last season was all about a fairy fort. Hmm. Really? I need to check that out. It's a fun. It's like a kids' cartoon, but they tie in a lot of like scan everything from Scandinavian to North American to some African folklore. Uh, So, but it's like a world where you know trolls are real. You can see them outside your house. Yeah, and stuff like that. Uh, So it's it's very interesting. And that's cool. I think that old property probably was one of the last, the last uh, fairy forts probably on this side of the country. I think when we started plowing everything, and who knows, there's a new conspiracy theory for all of us, is that when the U.S. government systematically started destroying Native American mounds, oh yeah, was it to get rid of Fey mounds? Oh, yeah. because they couldn't tell which were which. Hmm. So, uh, question: My thoughts about, or my my question to you, Justin and Jay, about the cave, like. Mm-hmm. Her dad had this experience that he refuses to talk about in the cave. Is it possible that when he went into the cave at some point, could he have like slipped into yeah, he somewhere else? There's a world between worlds. Uh, and that's kind of how the fairies get around, according to some of the folklores. And that's probably a gateway to that if they let you. I'm sure it's like normally just a rock hole, right? Uh, yeah. But if they want you to walk through the door, they can open the door for you. Oh, uh, could you imagine? I don't think he went the full way. Neither did your brother. Just to peek in, like no, yeah. because when they would my, be gone. When my dad see. offered to show my brother, my brother was like, "No, thank you." <laughs> so, <laughs> my, so my brother doesn't even know like where this thing is, and he, my dad told him like the the opening isn't that big. 
either to the cave but he said it's he's like i could take you there you could go in if you want and my brother was like this is about far enough for me (laughs) so my brother doesn't you know he's going off of what my dad had told him which was not a lot but i don't blame him i would be like yeah cool now i know no thanks i'm gonna go so some (laughs) of the the few stories we actually have of people going to the fey realm uh, come from either mostly Scandinavia and Europe as a whole. Uh, there's a giant time dilation. So you go there for 40 minutes, you come back, it's been 40 years. And the only reason we know that, is, but you don't age. So you're, you're in somewhere mm-hmm. where you're just spending the afternoon. Uh, a couple of the stories were uh, like kids going missing and coming back and their parents are now old and gray, but they're the same kid from the same picture and like they recognize mm-hmm. their mom and dad. Uh, others was like the guy's wife, had died at old age, and he went in. He they were newlyweds, and they mm-hmm. had ju- he just went in the cave, uh, this portal area, and came back, and mm. you know she had died at old age. There's and a movie only, about this. There's plenty of movies about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to get kids back because Faye take kids, uh, they'll actually dig them out of the sides of fairy mounds. So the bodies of the kids, the spirit will be in the Fey realm, but the bodies will be in the sides of these fairy forts or fairy mounds. And mm-hmm. you'll have to dig them out to get them back. But digging in, the, you know, digging in is very dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, you only do that to get your kid back pretty much. Cause it's, you know, you're going to have a fight with the fairy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, like horseshoes, you ever seen horseshoes nailed over doors and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. And they say it's for good mm-hmm. luck. Mm-hmm. Originally it was for to keep the fey away. Cause they're iron. Yeah. Oh, I had heard about that. It's uh to stop that- them from coming into your house and messing with you. Mm-hmm. And then now, you know, now we say it's for good luck and stuff like that. But no, it was for the fairies, the fae folk. It was to keep them away. They're, I don't know if they're good or evil. They're just not good to be around. Because mm-hmm. the byproduct of their existence is negative towards ours and vice mm-hmm. versa. But I wonder if, like, Native Americans did used to interact with them and live with them. I think they did a lot more. Their way yeah. of living was a lot different than ours. Yeah. What if their yeah. mounds were their own versions of fairy Mimicry mounds? Of that? Yeah. Yeah. Or communion spots, or who knows? I mean, nobody's like, ever explained once. Meeting points. What a, what a mound mm-hmm. was for. Right, yeah. No, yeah, huh? It's, they're all tombs. They're yeah. all tombs. Every single one of them. And we've talked about this, and I'm sure you guys know, but for the listeners, uh, pretty much all the mounds that had bodies in them, like Serpent's Mound, for example, were put there well after the mound was constructed. The mound was built mm. first by whatever culture lived there first, then mm-hmm. decades, centuries, or millennia later, a new culture moves in and finds this really cool thing, and they start burying their chiefs or whatever in it. Hmm. hmm. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, I and didn't they, either. Uh, a cool thing that we've done, Serpent's Mound is actually not real anymore. A lot of people don't realize that. They dug it all up and rebuild it. So the one you go oh. see is not even the same thing that was originally there. Uh, hmm. But we could do, we've done a few mounds that still exist. We did pollen, like pollen analysis, so you can yeah. tell what year... Stuff was built, so like some of them, the bodies are like five hundred or a thousand years younger than the mound itself. Damn. So the mound was there. Weird. The culture probably died out, and then mm-hmm. these new guys moved in. And are like really cool things. And then the only reason we know about all the mounds in Ohio, so Ohio destroyed, for example, because Ohio had probably out of the the most mounds of any state in the, the country. A lot. <laughs> because it was the transition of several large waterways, a uh, big mm-hmm. meeting point for the mountain tribes and the prairie tribes. It was just this kind of really big meeting area, just where the way it's central, you know. 
Yeah. Uh, I think it was in the year of, and I may, everybody at home, I may get these dates a little off, but it's rough. Uh, Ohio, it was like from 1908 to like 1911. It was a three-year period. And they destroyed 8,000 mounds in Ohio in three years. Wow. The That's government crazy. did. That's crazy. And the only reason we know about the 8,000, they probably destroyed more, is one farmer, and you can buy his book, uh, he went out and measured and mapped every one of them before they were destroying as fast as he could. Yes, or as many as he could. As many as he could. As many as he could, he went and measured him, mapped him, drew him, and then would go to the next one because they were just plowing him for fields is what the, you know. Uh, so he he documented, I think, like 8,000 of them. There's a lot. So it was wow. over a mound, of, you know, over like three or four mounds a day they were destroying systematically in a very short period of time. Uh, That's nuts. What is your mound shape like? I'm just curious. It's just a traditional mound shape. Like there's no, um, there's no actual like animalistic shape or anything to it. Mm-hmm. It's there's not like a little tree a or something on it, is there? No. Okay, it's pretty dead on top. Yep, just grass. Just yeah. Basically. Is the grass yep. really long or is it pretty? Uh, probably shorter. That's I weird. wouldn't say it's very long at all, to be honest. And no one's out there mowing it regularly. No. Oh, okay. Uh, and I would say in <laughs> some parts, even you could you can see the dirt through the grass. I mean, it's 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 covered, but it's almost sparse. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would be kind of curious too if there's a big magnetic anomaly or a uh, gravitational anomaly out there, or if there's a little old man living in the mound. Well, yeah, there is. We just okay. we discussed it. That <laughs> no. was the Bigfoot. Oh, okay. You were here for that. Yeah, no, I I meant actually a little old man. Oh, like an actual person? Yes, a human being. <laughs> oh, out there, and he's just screwing with you guys the whole time. It's like the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> don't look behind the Don't you, look beyond the mound. You'll find out throughout the whole forest and woods. There's like pulleys and levers and fishing string. McDodge. Everything's going on. <laughs> what? We, we already know it's the Kool Aid Man. Yeah. 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 At, Real quick before we, ch- I, we love tangents. Yeah, have you guys ever seen the show McDodge? No, no. He's a Pacific uh, Coast guy. He was Oregon or Washington. I can't remember. Fully, he was. Uh, he fought in Vietnam and he was a motor mechanic. He went feral and just he's living out in the woods, hundred percent. He lives in hollowed out trees and he has different homes and he, yeah. Uh-huh. I did not know. About and this. they had a camera crew follow him for like two seasons until the camera crew quit because it sucked. <laughs> he's this big burly mountain man uh, there was one episode which is 100% real I looked into it he, there was a lady's car had broke down in the national park he was living in and the camera crew noticed it and he walked out and scared the ever living heck out of this lady because he's this big giant hairy dude tattoos all over no shoes uh, he looks like a Bigfoot with pants on I was going to say like a Sasquatch <laughs> with, uh, and he's like what happened and she's like, ah, oh, my car just quit. And she's freaked out. Once she's seen the camera, she felt a little better. And he just goes in there and starts doing stuff. And then he's like, start it up. And it started up. The camera guy's <laughs> like, how'd you do that? He's like, well, I was a motor and airplane mechanic in Vietnam. And <laughs> I was that for 20 years after. Yeah. That's insane. Wow. That's, <laughs> wow. So Hallie, did they yeah. give you a new name this time again? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about all that? I'm curious. I mean, it tracks to me. I mean, my only thought initially was like it was something that had the ability to 
I don't know if shapeshift is the right word, yeah. but you know, I was like, what is it that is able to do all of these things? Cause there are shadow people too. That's mm-hmm. another thing that mm-hmm. you've seen out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but I am not, fam- I wasn't familiar with the Fae. Um, so that it sounds crossed my mind. It makes sense to me because the, the elementals, you know, mm-hmm. being connected to the land. My story is very different, like very different. And it's very short. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what you guys You're think up. about. Well, it'll be short. Um, I'm At curious to, to see what you think <laughs> about my experience. And um, I, too, live in a very rural area. This happened when I was like around 15. It was the first time my boyfriend actually came out to the property to visit. Um to kind of give you the layout of the backyard, basically the backyard butted up next to a field. And at the end of the field, there was a tree line uh, and then a tree line on the opposite sides. So a friend came over, the boyfriend came over, was a fall evening, not super late, still plenty of sunlight outside. And we're kind of just sitting on this porch swing at the near the edge of the backyard. And I don't know how you guys are, but like, you know how sometimes you just get feelings they are like, oh, yeah. what the hell is that? Like something doesn't feel right. And it mm-hmm. draws your attention to a, 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 a direction. So we all feel this simultaneously. Um, look down to my left, uh, probably maybe like 30 to 50 feet away at most. This giant black dog appeared out of nowhere. But it wasn't like a normal black dog. It wasn't a coyote. I don't think wolves are in that area. But what was so weird about it is the back of this thing was probably at least four feet high. It had a giant head, uh, really long black fur, probably, I don't know, like maybe like five to six inches long, kind of all over. Mm -hmm. And what was so weird about it is like, it was staring at us like it turned and like looked at us and I got this feeling in my gut like it was like looking at us like what are you doing here you know kind of like a little like a little bit of a curiosity um of course I was terrified and we were all terrified the boyfriend was so scared that he like jumped up on the back of the porch swing it was standing on my hand, like trapped me there. And then of course, you know, not, not a good sign for a first date. Um, but I mean, I'm a freezer. I don't, I don't run. I'm just like, what, what the heck am I supposed to do? I'm looking at my friend. I'm looking at him. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we kind of like had that moment and then we look back down at this thing. And it just, the only way I can describe it is that the way that it moved, it literally looked like those things on um scary movies where things like glitch mm-hmm. yeah like the body like shifts like real jerky and then it just disappeared it didn't run off it literally just did this like and then it was just gone and to Whoa. this day i still have no idea what it was don't know where it came from because we would have been able to i would think we would have been able to like hear it or see it come up um, but the fact that it glitched out and didn't run off and that I wasn't alone means I'm not completely crazy. Mm-hmm. Other people still remember it, you know, 20 some years later. 
in that same level of detail. Um, and the only thing I know about the land is that my parents, we had horses on the property and they would always be out kind of like tending the field and they found numerous Native American arrowheads and they found like this fully hand carved stone ax head. And Whoa. I know it was heavily Shawnee area. So in my mind, I'm like, maybe it was some connection to the land, but I really don't know. I don't really have any inkling of what it was, but it sh shouldn't have been there. It looked at us like we shouldn't have been there. So I don't know. It was, it was terrifying. It was weird. And it happened. Hmm. My first thought was the black shuck. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought, too. Until the glitching and disappearing part. I mean, they disappear, but not like... So do you guys know the full, like, lore with, like, the Black Shuck and the Great White Dog? The Black no. Shuck is usually connected more closely to, like, cemeteries, right? And churches. It thought. depends on which yeah. culture. Yeah. Uh, even in Europe English. itself is very is very different. Fairies. So in it's either Ireland or Scotland, uh, the Black Shuck is a guardian. The big black dog's a guardian. Uh, they look scary, but they're actually there to help. We read a story a long time ago on the show about a traveler that was about to get mugged. This is like 1700s. And this giant wolf dog, black as night, came out and protected him from the, the people that were mugging him. And then walked him the whole way to the next city. And then the white dog is evil. And hmm. whether it's a, like a fable to kind of teach you don't ever read a book by its cover, or tr you know, you know, judge a book by its cover, because the black dog is. Most cultures don't have it very hardly associated with the evil, you know. A lot of the European, it's good, or it's around with death and stuff like that. But it could be the mm -hmm. same thing with the angel of death or the grim reaper. I, you know, it's not there to take your loved one; it's just there to walk them to the next place. You know, it's mm -hmm. nice yeah. to have somebody walk you. Uh, but the glitching out thing, yeah, maybe very similar to like a lot of the Point Pleasant stuff with like Mothman, you know, that we always call him the International Trash Panda, like it's a <laughs> <laughs> a canid that is out of time. It could have been a dire wolf, and it was it was itself experiencing a time shift, yeah. And you just happen to land on your property for a minute, is like, uh -huh. oh, what's that over <laughs> yeah. there? This is not good. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was kind of my impression of the experience is just because of the feeling that I got when it was looking at us, like, you know, it wasn't like snarling or menacing or anything like, huh. like that. It was more like, that's weird. You know, <laughs> like, what What are you doing here? And I'm like, um, <laughs> what, are what are you, you doing, doing here? here? Yeah. What, it wasn't a hyena, um, though, right? What? What's that? Wasn't a hyena, though, right? No. Just had to no. ask. Now, you've seen a brown hyena, right? Not just a spotted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With the big shaggy mane and the big long yeah. fur. Okay. Yeah. Just I mean, checking. the glitching in itself, to me, kind of read as interdimensional. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. You said the head, was that, did you feel the head was oversized? It it did seem oversized, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm going yeah. interdimensional. It's probably some Project Bluebeam stuff. I don't know. Oh, and a side note, um, that area has some pretty interesting stuff going on. I mean, we also had like spirit activity on the property. 
And then my mom ended up leaving that property and moving across the kind of across the street and built a house there. And she has sent me a lot of ring footage, ring cam footage of their back of the yard and the woods. And there's some pretty interesting stuff uh, that's really tough to explain that's going on out there. Oh, so really? I don't know. There'll be moments where like I'm sitting on the back porch and like, you know how like a good wind will pick up and it'll move the branches yeah. and the trees. There'll be sections of the trees where nothing is happening when it should be. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard all kinds of like strange noises out there, like the growling. I think I sent you an audio clip of that yeah. blare of that one thing that you one time. Did. And I'm just like, what the hell is that? That was creepy. <laughs> there, have, there have been Bigfoot sightings out there as well. Um, in that same area. Is this Southern so Indiana? Yeah. Have you ever, you should listen to our episode with, when David came on. Oh gosh. Yeah. Cause he's down there too. And really he's a researcher in the area. Uh, yeah, it, it is the weirdest. Probably it's almost as weird as Ohio. Text me the, maybe the, uh, the episode name and I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm definitely, oh, I want to hear that. The, um, it's probably called David, the paranormal. Indiana extravaganza or something like that. Gosh, we name our stuff the stupidest things. <laughs> That's season late season one or early season two, I think. See, it was in, it was definitely season two or three. It wasn't oh. in season one at oh, all. It wasn't season one. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, the whole time thing has got me thrown off. No, it was probably, I think it was probably season three, actually. It might be, yeah. Uh, With how, because that would have been early. That would have been late last year, yeah, right around Crypticon. Definitely very interesting. Stories, yeah, and experiences, yeah. No, and I do. I think I'm with you with the interdimensional or time slips. We've done a little bit with like time time slips of these creatures, like direwolves. Like they weren't as big as you see them on the Game of Thrones. You couldn't have ride them, rode them, or something like that. They were still very large, you know, two or three times the size of a modern day timber wolf, but you know, but not like grizzly bear sized. But they had really big heads because they would crack bones of some of these megafauna. So if that's, you know, maybe what you've seen, you know, at a time or or somewhere, you know, interdimensional, we don't know. But the glitch really makes you think of that where it's and the way the creature reacted to makes you think like this sucks just as much for you as it did. For me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just weird. The timing of that, you know, like the fact that I don't know that we all experience that at the same time. Yeah. And I don't know, just at right place, right time or wrong place, wrong time, depending on how you want to look at it. Well, I, I think our electromagnetics of our own body can kind of cause those phenomena to react. Well, and we were teenagers too, you know, so the whole like um, how there's more like teenagers tend to have more Angst. like poltergeist activity yeah. Yeah. and stuff like that. So, so that's energy. Um, that's a part, you know, mojo. We, we produce yeah. a lot of energy <laughs> and that can make mojo. that stuff react, in my opinion. Like uh, portals and even that kind of stuff may react from our electromagnetic signatures. Yeah, I I keys. feel very yeah. strongly that in, in that section of land there is a portal, just because of the stuff that I've seen on the ring cam, um, which I can probably find the video and send that over to you. But <laughs> it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense. And then then there there's the one thing Blair that I sent you about the thing that was like walking across the backyard and then. That's Spanish. what I was thinking of. Is that the yes. Gumby thing? Huh? Is that the Gumby thing? I don't know. It was just like a white mass that was probably about six feet tall. Yeah. It just moved across the backyard, and then it just vanished into the corner. So... Like a big gelatinous cube or what? No, it was more no. like a mist, but it was 
almost human shaped. Human shaped. Wow. Then, yeah. You should wasn't that burn down video Southern also Indiana. had growling in it? Yeah, there was a growl. Was, you yeah, could hear a noise at the end. Before it like went into the ground. Yeah. Yep. Oh, maybe the growl scared it off. <sighs> maybe. Yeah, I yeah. think you should just it's, it's, burn it's down Southern place, Indiana. For sure. Just burn it all down. Well, I think they're due for a wildfire. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other interesting thing is that property sits right next to Lothry Creek. Okay. You know, so geologically speaking, I'm sure there's some stuff going on that maybe makes it more of an amplifier for, you know, yeah. some of that water has a lot of energy. Stuff. Yeah, but that's what mm-hmm. we tend to found a lot of the stories focus or there's always a creek or river or something nearby mm-hmm. or on the property. Yep. Common occurrence. So yeah, mine's not hmm. as uh, crazy and wild as Blair's story, but we bonded over weird <laughs> stuff. That's how we we met and kind of started the show. Bonded over the weird weird things. Fay folk to teleporting dogs. Yep. <laughs> that's a good thing to bond over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and on the show, we talk about things that are very different. You know, the show that we do is more about where you guys are more like science, biology, and um, theories and things like that. We talk more about some of the stuff they don't teach you when you're a kid about history and how yeah. dark it is and how weird mm-hmm. it is. And, and how <laughs> sometimes it can be a little funny. And karma, <laughs> karma does exist, and sometimes it is in the best ways. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'll just tell you this. Yeah. What I so. learned from U.S. history is don't take free blankets. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. A whole, uh, a whole people annihilated because of blankets. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just did an episode on syphilis. We did. So the next ep- episode <laughs> after this one airs on our show uh, is the season finale. And uh, we get really in hard into the Western Native American tribes and just how horrible it was to live out there when the oh, white settlers wow. came. That would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think our listeners would be really into that too. So mm-hmm. you have right. to let us know. It's exciting. We'll yeah. put that. We'll put that in the show notes and guide them back to your your show. And exciting, exciting. Well. Yeah. We're at an hour and a half. I think this is a good place to end it. This it was amazing, yeah. guys. Yeah, this was good. This was so was awesome. Now, it was fun to hang with you. Tell everybody where to find your stuff, and I'll put all the links in the show notes on our side of it. Okay. Who wants to go? Do you want to go? You want me to go? Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you can go. You okay. can go first. So, I mean, as far as finding the podcast, we're called Macabre. Um, you can't miss us. Our logo is like a skeleton sitting on a Shea lounge with a a girl um so pretty pretty easy to find that but we're on spotify apple um pretty much all the major platforms iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. you can find us uh our website is macabpod.com and we do have a private face group uh facebook group currently just mm-hmm. search macabre and you'll find us um yep. it's pretty fun we have a nice little group of dedicated listeners that like to share funny dark history memes and <laughs> yeah, yeah they're freaking awesome yeah but awesome. it's not just history we touch on true crime and paranormal and yep. a little bit of anything that fits under the umbrella of macabre we talk there about you go. It. which is a lot mm-hmm. i thought that was you talking <laughs> and it really just scared the <laughs> hell out of me <laughs> i can throw my voice i guess i don't know why my hair was covering up the screen and i 
and I was looking at you and you weren't my talking. mouth. It was it was scary. I've been working on my telepathy. <laughs> Blair uh, and I tend to like almost ruin our microphones pretty much every episode because yeah. one of us will start. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're also funny, even though it's macabre, we we try to throw in some humor There's in there. humor in everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we have a tradition of how we like to end this, so hopefully you guys would like to participate. Uh, but we'll count down from three, and we'll scream goodbye or bye into the microphones. That's how we end every episode. <laughs> we kind of do that, too. All right. <laughs> we do. So three, two, one. Bye. bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.